Welcome to Boiler Up Down South, which spells out buds. Uh, if this is your first time, again, welcome. If this is not your first time, thank you for coming back. Uh, I am Garrett Shearman. Here is Drew Schneider, and we work for HammerAndRails.com, which is the greatest Purdue blog that has ever existed. Yes, exactly. Greatest Purdue blog that ever existed, especially since we kicked that bum Travis Miller to the curb. Just kidding, T-Mill. We love you. We're trying to uh, maintain the uh, overall uh, essence of uh, Hammer and Rails. So uh, hopefully you're listening and uh, taking some notes. <laughs> yeah, own him. No, he's a very nice guy. Very nice guy. Travis is a very nice guy. Big fan of Travis. But anyways, uh, we're here to talk about some Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, and uh, that game is going to be played on Friday night, and that feels super weird. I personally do not believe in Friday night college football. Yeah, I, that's for high school. That's right. I like my sports regimented, planned out Friday night high school football, Saturday college football, Sunday pro football. And uh, so this is really throwing like a crimp in our operation, but we are going to battle through and uh, give you all the information you crave. Um, so let us go ahead. We're going to take a break, pay some bills, and then uh, when we get back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Wisconsin football and what to look for uh, t- on Friday night. So um, we'll see you all after the break. And we're back. Um and let's get just right to it, Garrett, because, uh, like I said, this uh, Wisconsin game on Friday is uh, crunching our uh, time window a little bit. So um, let's give the people what they want. And what they want to know is how Purdue uh, can uh, attack this uh, Badger team. Um, I think we'll start on the defense first because, uh, like Purdue, uh, Wisconsin went out and hired a sort of defensive first coach uh, in Luke Fickle. Uh you know, it was a super weird transition. Uh, everybody sort of assumed Jim Leonard, the uh, former defensive coordinator and Wisconsin uh, star defensive back, was in line for that job. Uh, but they uh, went out and got Fickle from uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's got a great resume. Took the... What is the Bearcats? The Bearcats. Yes, yeah, the Bearcats. The Bearcats to uh, the college football playoffs. Hey, uh, they, they gave my. I went to Georgia and they gave my team a fit in 2020, the COVID year. So yeah, that secondary with Sauce Gardner, that was uh, some tough stuff. But uh, now he's uh, in Wisconsin and he's really uh, stepping out of the Barry Alvarez uh, mold. Um, it's really the first time we've seen sort of a non-power run. Uh, heavy in the trenches, uh, Wisconsin team. Um, what do you think about that transition, Garrett? Do you like the Wisconsin sort of breaking away from tradition here? See, well, like I don't necessarily like it or dislike it because I have very little affiliation with the Badgers. But I will say, as somebody who grew up watching uh, a power run team, I always liked Wisconsin's offensive identity. I'm going to get into the defense here in a second, but I always liked their offensive identity, which is just like, hey. So, hey, we're Wisconsin. We have a lot of corn-fed Midwestern boys who are just going to control you and provide the interior run game, and you're going to have guys like Monty Ball just going crazy. Um, But defensively, they've always had a really good defensive line as well. I mean, that's kind of their thing is they just put the weight up at the line in both sides of the ball, and they'll overpower you. 
And that's how they win Rose Bowls. That's how they, you know, just do their thing. And it's so weird to see this offense changing from, you know, run by the the interior run game to more of a spread offense, question mark? Like, it's almost like they do kind of run some option stuff, too. Like, it's it's weird. And, I mean, I, I'll, I'll get into uh, uh, Tanner Mordecai later as well, but... It's 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 jarring to see how differently uh, Wisconsin performs offensively um, under a new scheme. Yeah, I just want to say that we normally do this podcast in like one or two takes, but we've been really struggling today because this whole new Wisconsin thing is. I think guys both throwing off our games a little bit. I spent uh, you know today and yesterday watching Wisconsin's uh, first couple of games, and it's just weird. It's weird to see them in 11 personnel and 10 personnel, four receivers, no tight ends on the field. That's like, that's like wild seeing it from Wisconsin. But at the same time, um, it's a real similar sort of thought process to what uh, Ryan Walters did, uh, is doing at Purdue, you know. It's a defensive-oriented coach uh, who, who's bringing in uh, a more spread option on the other side of the ball to try to put up uh, points uh, a little bit faster. So I feel really what Fickle's trying to do at Wisconsin is uh, not so much uh, improve their floor, but I think he's trying to knock that ceiling off the program. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sort of been Wisconsin's issue, right? Is they're always a 9-10 win team, but they always run up against somebody uh, at least one or two games a year where they get behind early and then they can't come back with their, you know, power run game uh, and the uh, more uh, conservative defense. So, um, you know, it's a gamble uh, for them to take. They've got, you know, one of the most uh, well-known uh, sort of uh, ways of playing in college football, um, and now they're doing something different. And, you know, and to be honest, it's been a rough start for them uh, so far this year. They are 2-1. Uh, and one. Uh, They went to Washington State and got beat. Uh, first, ha- first half was bad. They fought their way back. But the first half, they just looked lost. Right? You know, going in, uh, they scored nine points in the first half. They had a big, big third quarter and then didn't put anything together in the fourth. So lost 31-22. to 22. And, you know, even against Buffalo, they it took them a while. They were up, I think, three at halftime on Buffalo. And then Georgia Southern game was tied. And I think Georgia Southern at some point had the lead in that game. Uh, so, you know, it's been a sort of tough transition. Um, a lot like Purdue, I think you've got a case of some of it being, uh, you know, trying to force, like I said, some uh, guys into new positions. Um, you know, mistakes are getting made on the fly. Um, and, you know, every week they're probably going to get a little bit better. But uh, so far it's been, uh, you know, mixed results for Luke Fickle. I'm sure he'll get it turned around. Uh, but mm, this could be a, a transition year uh, all the way for uh, the Badgers. Yeah, and if, I, if I'm going to talk about Purdue's defense, like, to a certain depth, um, what's the, the craziest thing is, like, okay, Purdue, you know, good receiving core, Right. Wisconsin's secondary looks the worst I have ever seen their secondary 
since I started watching college football in like the year 2000 when I was five years old. Sorry if that makes you oh, feel old. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry if that makes you feel old. I graduated but like, high school in 1999. Oh, God. Sorry, Drew. I was, okay. I was four years old and just moved to Atlanta from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, but, like, the thing, the thing is with, like, a Wisconsin defense, you typically expect a really hardcore defensive line some good linebackers, and if your secondary isn't great, that doesn't come into effect as much as it would if, you know, the front seven, or I guess in this case sometimes a front six, will not do their jobs. And, oh my goodness, does Wisconsin's secondary look bad. I mean, you are talking about this Georgia Southern game where Georgia Southern is also moving away from their offensive identity of running the triple option and going into more of a spread. And you get you you should not give up a 68-yard pass against Georgia Southern. Oh my gosh, I I'm the local Georgia boy, so I should be talking about Georgia Southern and Statesboro and all that boring stuff. God, Statesboro is boring. I'm sorry, people from Statesboro. <laughs> Danny McBride, you're cool. John Rocker, former pitcher of the Atlanta Braves, you are definitely not cool. But it's so baffling to see how bad they are in the secondary when their entire defensive identity has always been, we have defensive linemen who will murder you. We have linebackers who will clean up if those defensive ends do not murder you. And now everything is in disarray, and they give up a lot of plays in the areas where Purdue is good at getting offensive plays now, which is crazy. So, like, I see a lot of places where Purdue can't exploit how weirdly bad Wisconsin's defense looks. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, just look at that Georgia Southern game. Georgia Southern had 23 first downs in that game. Two Wisconsin's 22. They had... But in the weird, like, it's wild seeing Wisconsin throw the ball. It's almost even crazier seeing Georgia Southern throw the ball. Georgia Southern threw it 33 times, or sorry, 52 times. Uh, completed 33 of those passes for 383 yards. Uh, one, and a touchdown. The one thing they did do is throw five picks, uh, which is obviously to Wisconsin's uh, credit. But uh, still... Uh, a lot of those picks were just the Georgia Southern quarterback sort of melting down and, and making just throwing the ball to Wisconsin. Um, I think a couple of those were linebacker picks where he just hit the linebacker. They were just bad, bad throws. Bad, <laughs> bad throws. throws. And like, it, it's kind of like a, along the same lines of what I was saying about Virginia Tech's um, defense when we were approaching the Virginia Tech game in Blacksburg. And, you know... Sure, they forced some turnovers, but I was not giving Virginia Tech's defense credit for them. It was just like some guy coughing up the ball. It was not anything that they did brilliantly. It was not great reads. It was somebody just handing them the football. Yeah, and so what you're, what you're going to see on the field on Friday night uh, on the Wisconsin defense is more of a three-man front. Uh, so it's going to almost be like Purdue's uh, front. Uh, minus the uh, outside linebackers, um, so they'll put three on the on the on the line, and then they'll usually bring a fourth uh, to to either one side or the other from the linebacker spot. Um, sometimes they do like to bring that fifth guy from uh, another linebacker. 
uh, sort of up the middle. Uh, but um, like Gary's saying, nothing super like individually where I look at him and just go, man, that guy is uh, unblockable. You don't see J.J. Watt or Rasmus James. I don't remember y'all remember him. Uh, Wisconsin's had just some game changers uh, on that defensive line. Uh, I'm not seeing them uh, this year. And again, linebacker spots, they've got, um, you know, some decent talent, but again, nothing sort of overwhelming. Um, and uh, I think Purdue has a chance to put some points up, especially uh, with Wisconsin's, when we really sort of talk about the, their offense and defense going hand in hand. Um, in past years, the Wisconsin defense has really been protected by their offense. So where, you know, they're usually fresh on the field. Um, yeah, because they play, like, possession, power run. I mean, they'll keep the ball and have, like, 10-yard drives. Even if that results in a field goal, you're keeping your defense off the field. And now their offense seems anemic at some points. It's 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 baffling. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's other run ran a bunch of plays against uh, Wisconsin. Um, and that's just something you didn't see in the past, where most Wisconsin games were low low possession, low play count, um, sort of, uh, you know, grinders. And this is not uh, what they're doing. Um, so let's go move over to the offensive side of the, the ball. And, yeah, let's uh, let's talk uh, Tanner Mordecai for a second. Yeah. What, do you, what do you see out of him? So he he's another guy. He's been around the block. He's a six-year senior. Started his career at Oklahoma as a four-star quarterback. Transferred to SMU. Played under that Sonny Dykes uh, uh, offense, and then I can't remember whoever. Oh, you mean the Sonny Dykes offense that put up a whole seven points on Georgia in the national championship? Yeah, sorry, I mean, guys, I had to say that. I'm wearing I'm a Georgia sorry, national Most team. teams don't have an NFL defense like Georgia did. <laughs> Even my Clemson Tigers. But um, uh, so, yeah, no. Uh, Tanner Mordecai. Uh, he's coming from that spread offense, though, where he just uh, slings the ball around the uh, around the yard, and uh, that's why they brought him in. They wanted somebody that was capable of doing that. It's so sort of a weird fit. Um, he's always been more of a game manager, get the ball out quick, uh, lots of uh, pass attempts, um, usually not, doesn't average that many yards per attempt. Um, because he throws it so often, uh, a lot of quick strikes. He's a guy that gets the ball, and when he's at his best, he gets the ball out of his hands um, and gets it outside to his playmakers. Um, and you know, he's put up big numbers last year at uh, SMU, uh, 65% completion uh, percentage. He attempted 443 passes, uh, threw for about 3,500 yards, 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, that's a that's a good ratio, like thirty three to ten. Good good quarterback ratio, especially when you don't have a great offensive line. Yeah, and you know the year before SMU sixty eight. That was with Garrett Riley as offense sixty eight. How um, many Garretts are we going to talk about? So many Garretts. Ah. I feel like this Garretts all the way down. Um, but you know, twenty twenty one, he threw for thirty six hundred yards, thirty nine touchdowns, twelve interceptions. So this is a guy that has done a lot uh, in, in college football. But um, so far, he's sort of gotten off to a slow start for Wisconsin. And you kind of got to – I really sort of put that more on 
what Wisconsin's doing. We know what Mordecai can do. We've seen it the last two years. Uh, but he's not quite living up to that this year. And I think a lot of that is just he knows where the ball's supposed to go, but the receivers aren't getting there. Um, it's a very much a timing offense uh, for Phil Longo. Um, I watched this uh, defensive uh, offense uh, in North Carolina for a couple years. Timing offense. And if that timing gets knocked off, especially with those short routes. Like you um, can buy a fraction of a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like just a fraction of a second. Um, things don't work. So, I mean, Georgia Southern, he went 19 to 30. 236 yards, didn't throw a touchdown in the opener. He threw for 189 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, you know, he looked better against Washington State, but they really had to throw the ball to try to get back into that. Still 278 yards, a touchdown, uh, no interceptions. But for a guy that threw, you know, upwards of 30, uh, almost 40 intercept, uh, touchdowns uh, in as a I guess he was a junior, sophomore. It's, I can't. It's hard to tell. With uh, especially with the COVID year and yeah. people getting free red shirts, it's it, hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up. But like, just he has not found that rhythm yet. And uh, I think it would definitely benefit Purdue if he waited at least one more game before he found that rhythm. Um, physically, uh, you know, not the six two two ten, so fairly average, probably around Hudson Card size. Um, he a little is bit mo- smaller, yeah. A yeah. smaller. He's mobile, though. Um, that is one thing, especially in that second half of the Georgia Southern game. He bailed out uh, Wisconsin a good bit just with his legs. He's not a guy that's going to put up huge numbers, and I say that, and he's probably going to rush for like 200 yards. <laughs> yeah, it's curse, curse of the commentator. Uh, but, uh, but he's a guy that's going to you know, step up. If he doesn't see it, he's going to get outside and the pocket and get over to the, fir- uh, to the first down marker and get out of bounds. Doesn't take a lot of big hits. Um, so he's a judicious runner, but is a guy that is athletic enough to sort of scramble and make plays, pick up first downs with his legs. And that does sort of concern me in terms of uh, Purdue because we've seen some real issues in keeping containment, keeping the quarterback in the pocket, um, and uh, sort of limiting what they can do. Um, So it is another, we've said it almost every week, uh, it would be good if Purdue was disciplined in their pass rush and the outside linebackers. level off when they get to the quarterback instead of going past him and forcing Mordecai up into the pocket instead of letting him just escape. Just roll out, yeah. Yeah, just escape. Because in theory, that's what this defense is supposed to do, right? So the outside linebackers are supposed to be out there setting the edge, and then you've got three guys in the middle that he's stepping up into. Purdue hasn't forced uh, anybody to actually step up into their nose guard and defensive tackles yet. Um, that's what made that Illinois defense so good is the defensive tackles really uh, racking up tackles and sacks. Um, so uh, maybe this is the game. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I had said I had said uh, in the off season that like one of the things that led to that last Ryan Walters Illinois defense was that he had a bunch of guys on the defensive line who were big and aggressive and tall and long enough to tip passes, which led to the 24, let me repeat that, 24 interceptions yeah. in one year. Oof. And we're not, 
we haven't really got there yet with that defensive line. I was, I'm, you know, I was expecting maybe a little more uh, out of those two def- uh, transfer tackles, uh, uh, Lame and Nichols. They just haven't quite found their groove yet. Again, this is still, even though they're fifth-year guys, this is a new system for them. Um, this is a Purdue runs a kind of a unique defensive uh, front, so anybody that jumps in has a little bit of a learning curve. Um, and so hopefully, maybe this is the game where we see everything sort of settle in and start clicking. Because um, what I've seen so far is some good individual plays, but in a lot of plays, uh, you'll see just one breakdown, and that's all it takes. This is a defensive line uh, at Purdue that sort of needs to be connected uh, in everything they do. The outside linebackers need to be out there getting with, not running by the quarterback. The defensive tackles need to be coming up the field and pushing the guards back um, and keeping the, the quarterback uh, from stepping through the pocket. Um, and, you know, sometimes I see the defensive tackles do their job and one of the ends flies by and lets the quarterback run out the backside. Or sometimes the defensive, uh, the outside linebackers do their job but one of the ends gets beat and they just sort of, or tackles get beat and they just sort of step through. So against Wisconsin, once again, if that defensive line can play more connected as a unit and really make Mordecai uh, work from the pocket and collapse it around him uh, to get sacks instead of it being more like an individual effort uh, sack off the edge, um, I'd like to see some more like team sacks, if that makes sense. Yeah, where it's, yeah, it's, it, somebody gets half a tackle uh, in the backfield. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's a wild Wisconsin look, though. Like I said, if you're looking at Wisconsin running four wide receivers out there, their base right now is three, three wide and a tight end that they move around. And the tight end is a lot of times a move guy that's not just like tied to the line blocking, uh, but he'll, they'll move him across the formation. Uh, to uh, get different looks. Um, but the thing that I did have noticed about uh, Wisconsin looking over the last couple of games is when things get sticky for them, uh, especially against, say, Buffalo and uh, the last game against Georgia Southern, they sort of revert to what they do best, uh, which is running the ball with two uh, really premium backs. I mean, they've got two excellent running backs, uh, in their uh, program right now, sort of a two-headed monster with uh, Braylon Allen and uh, uh, Ches Malusi, uh, Clemson transfer there, um, who um, are more than capable of sort of carrying the load, especially if that run, uh, pass game doesn't uh, click on all cylinders. Um, so everybody at Clemson, or sorry, Clemson, uh, well, everybody at Clemson knows Ches Malusi because he used to play at Clemson. Uh, he's a four-star kid uh, out of, I think he's out of Florida, Miami maybe. Um, he sort of got lost in the mix a little bit after an injury, transferred to Wisconsin because he wanted to be in that uh, power run game. Dude, yeah. imagine moving to, from Miami to Madison. Good Lord. Yeah, Miami to Madison is a bit of a, uh, is a, bit of a culture, uh, at least temperature shock. But now he's back in sort of the offense he was recruited to play, play it at Clemson, really. Um, he is more of their spread guy uh, when they're looking to run some RPO stuff uh, with Mordecai. You usually see Malusi in there. He's a little quicker uh, than Braylon Allen. I mean, he's still a big back. 
uh, 5'11", you know, 200, between 200 and 210, but he's not like a 6'2", 240-pound beast like, like Allen. And Purdue fans are well acquainted with Allen because he destroyed the Boilermakers last year. I think 16 carries, uh, over 100 and something yards, uh, and really just steamrolled anybody in his way. Um, so that is at least sort of the safety blanket I see for Wisconsin. When things, uh, when things go south, they do have that to, to lean on. Here's, here's, we should wrap this up soon, but here's what I just want to say about uh, Purdue's offense versus uh, Wisconsin's defense is that, man, they're really, really vulnerable. The Badgers are really vulnerable to the areas in which the Boilermakers excel. Uh, this is the first time I've seen Wisconsin's defense look like this since I was probably, you know, I'm not even going to say what grade of elementary school, but it's a long time ago, you know? And again, like I was saying, I mean, the fact that their defensive line and their linebackers were kind of just churning out guys into the NFL for the longest time, you can, you can get past not having the greatest secondary in the world. You can't do that when your bread and butter ain't as bready and buttery as it used to be. <laughs> like, right? No, Wisconsin defensive backs are having to cover a lot longer than they, they normally they used to. Um, I saw several times in that Georgia Southern game where, I mean, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin just rushed three guys and dropped eight into coverage. And Georgia Southern it was pretty uh, successful. I think if they do that against Purdue... Guys like Dion Burks and uh, and Sheffield are gonna find. Yeah, Burks and Sheffield. I was gonna say are gonna be the two receivers I really want to look for. Yassine's gonna have a good game too. Yeah, and then I mean this Purdue receiving court is set up pretty well, I think, for this Wisconsin uh, uh, defense. And then Max Clare sort of over the middle picking up short yardage as well. Um, I don't. I think that's a uh, you know. I think Purdue's offense. If, and of course we have to put this big like disclaimer, if they don't just spend all game just blowing their toes off, like they ran out of toes to shoot off last week. So, um, I mean, if Purdue can just, I always feel like I'm saying this, if Purdue does this and if Purdue does that, and we haven't seen a lot of the ifs come to fruition yet, but if they can not turn the ball over and commit dumb penalties, uh, I don't see any reason why they're not in this game uh, with a chance to win it uh, late. Uh, the opening line was uh, Wisconsin minus seven. That's moved to, uh, you know, Wisconsin minus six now. So, um, you know, a little action maybe come in on Purdue uh, from Vegas on, uh, on that. Uh, but I can see that. I think it'll probably just be a touchdown game either way. Same. Uh, yeah, how are, how are you seeing this uh, this sort of play out? Give me a sort of, I'm not looking for an exact score, maybe a range here, Garrett. Well, see, like, that that was the thing that was, because Wisconsin's only played the one, like, quote-unquote, real team in, in Wazoo, uh, and the Cougars took them to town in the first half, but uh, the, the Badgers fought back, man. Like, the, it was 22-24 to 24 at one point before they lost 22-31, to 31, I believe. And I, I think Wisconsin's going to stay in this game given going back to, like, their 
original identity, whatever you want to call it, of, you know, the power run game, everything. But I don't think they last this one out because there's, it's really just their secondary that makes me think, okay, maybe this is the first game Purdue can hang 40 points on somebody. Yeah, I, I really think Purdue can can get to that level of offensive productivity uh, this week where they might actually hang 41, 44 points on somebody. And it's very rare, very rare to hang 44 points on Wisconsin. So I am not saying that without understanding what I am saying. You know, um, that being said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Purdue in this one 44 to uh, 35. Ooh, that's a big score. And see, here's the thing, because I, I sort of agree with Garrett on that, is, like, I think Purdue, minus the turnovers, puts up 40 on Syracuse. I've, uh, Same, dude. That's why it was... Uh, we're not going to talk about it anymore. We're not going to talk about it anymore. But, um, I mean, this Purdue team moved the ball well through the air uh, last game. Card started looking, looked like the guy that I expected... Uh, him to be at Purdue, and I think the guy he was going to be moving forward. Um, you know, some of those fumbles, fluky stuff, um, that gets cleared up. Uh, they're, they're definitely in this game. Um, Garrett does not have the years of just suffering through Wisconsin beatdowns to sort of uh, haze his judgment. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I grew up a fan of a different team. Yeah, and so I, I have suffered through just so many Wisconsin beatings. It'll be nice, maybe, at least, to not look up and see, like, oh, a Wisconsin running back ran for over 200 yards against Purdue. And again, I say that, and it's very possible that either Allen or Malusi does that, can, can still do that. Um, but, whew, man... I've picked Purdue to win every game so far, and I've been right once. Um, I'm not sure they get to 40. Uh, I think this game is toss-up either way. I think it's going to be played uh, in the mid to high 30s, though. Um, And uh, it's just going to come down to who makes plays in the end, who doesn't turn the ball over. So far, that hasn't been Purdue, but really that hasn't been Wisconsin much either. They've They've come on against a couple bad teams, and had good second halves, uh, but they have been slow starting. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and lean to Purdue on this one again. Uh, if they let me down this time, I may have to reassess my uh, homerism. Uh, we're, we're, st- we're staring at a framed uh, picture of Drew Brees and just framed wishing, and autographed. wishing for the best. Yeah, the right. framed autographed picture of Drew Brees. We're just, we're just hoping. Hoping that that's gonna happen. So, anyways, like like Garrett said, it's a short week. Uh, we've uh, so it's gonna be a shorter podcast uh, today, um, and we hope to see y'all back so we can talk about the uh, big Purdue victory over Wisconsin, getting that monkey off our back, and getting Ryan Walters' first home win. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, and the last thing we'll say because Drew has to go be a a, a great head soccer coach. Uh, he he is a uh, reigning youth champion soccer coach. That's right. U U fourteen U North Georgia recreational soccer. Yeah, if Drew, if Drew kicked a penalty kick and I have my goalie gloves on, I'd break my nose like right now. And that's not just because my nose is big. He does um, the last I, he does have a big nose. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it. Uh, but the last, last thing I will want to say, just casual dropping this knowledge, they did not play two very good teams 
uh, aside from, you know, Washington State. They didn't have their first, uh, the defense of Wisconsin did not have their first takeaway until Georgia Southern. Then they got a bunch of takeaways. So if you look at those statistics, if you're a statistics nerd like we are, kind of ignore that fact. Because, dude, until they played a really, really bad team, sorry, Georgia Southern, I have some Eagle friends, uh, I wish I didn't, um, y- y- like, they're not somebody who's going to scare you with, like, the way they read things in the secondary. Like, five interceptions, sure, that happened, it occurred, it did not happen because they are an outstanding defense. That's all I'm saying, that's it. End of week. Thank you for listening to Boiler Up Down South. I am Garrett. This is Drew. And let's just win this game. Please, Please, God. Let's just win the game. I'm tired of having to defend Ryan Walters on the internet. Y'all come back now, you hear?